0: Hey friends, welcome to the show. This is Coffee, Conversation and Coaching, and I'm your host, Christian speaker and life coach, Rebecca Ann Perkins. Here, I'm on the hunt with you for those big ideas, that profound biblical truth, and those practical tools that help us think better and grow better and live that faithful life that we know we're called to live, and the one that leads to the most joy. We believe that life is beautiful even when it's hard, that God is good even when it's hard to see it. And we're building our whole lives on his perfect love for us. Are you ready to be empowered by truth? Challenged to do more with your life and faith? Awesome. So glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, welcome to this episode. Grab a cup of coffee and a Bible if you can, if you have one close by. I know a lot of you guys listen to these episodes while you're driving or exercising or something like that, but these ones, specifically the ones where I'm teaching, I want to encourage you guys to make time to sit down with a notebook and a Bible and really participate in these, you know, underline read the verses, mark the pages because it's not me teaching you guys. I want you guys I like let's make that clear. I pray, I'm always teaching you truth from the word of God, which means from God himself. And you should check that, right? You should open up your Bible and see for yourself the word is alive, it's active. I think reading verses and not just hearing somebody say, oh, this is how I interpret it is powerful. And I want you guys to have that experience of like, oh, there it is. It's actually in the word of God. So anyway, if you can grab a Bible, grab a cup of coffee, let's learn together from the book of Ecclesiastes. What are we going to be talking about today? Um, I think this is a time in human history where it's, extra hard to enjoy life, but I think people have always struggled with that. <laughs> um, in essence, what's going on right now is there's a whole lot of like this sense of things aren't getting better, they're getting worse. Um, where is all of this going? What's the point of all of this? I've even heard some people lately say, you know, if heaven really is a better place, I don't really want to be here. Like, why would I want to be here if I know there'll be no pain, no suffering, no sin in heaven? I'd rather just be in heaven, which isn't exactly suicidal, but it's also not exactly a positive way to live. (laughs) Um, You know, there's there's just busyness or meaninglessness or pain or suffering, anxiety. There's a lot going on that makes life hard to enjoy, right? There's a lot going on politically. There's there's a lot going on in our own individual lives. There's all this the the weirdness that social media and comparison causes us. Like it's hard. I look around at people, and I think the number of people who are genuinely enjoying life is few and far between. A lot of people might be pretending to enjoy life, but people who are genuinely, for the most part, enjoying life because impossible to enjoy it, enjoy it all the time. I'll get to that though in a, in a little bit. Um, so that's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the fact that even though there's sin and suffering on this planet, what does the Bible tell us about? Should we be enjoying life? Can we enjoy life? How in the world would we even do that? Um, and we're looking in the book of Ecclesiastes to find these answers where King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, went on this hunt for himself. So he lived about a thousand years before Christ came to this earth. He was a king, an actual king recorded in history, okay, who had power and riches and wisdom. And he went on his own search of, well, how do we find lasting happiness? Okay, what do I got to do to be happy kind of permanently or all the time? Or what is the most satisfying, fulfilling way for human beings to live? I don't think that sounds much different than what a lot of us are currently looking for. (laughs) Um, whether, Whether you turn to physical health or, you know, coaching and counseling, or whether we turn to career or relationships or things like motherhood or religion, and by religion, I mean being good or, yeah, being good, I guess you could say. We're all still kind of asking that question. When do I arrive? When, what do I have to do to hit the level in my life where I'm kind of happy, permanently, continually? What do I got to work out? What do I got to achieve? How much money do I have to have in the bank so that I arrive to this level of happiness? Right? That's the question. But a lot of us, what happens is we start to experience life and relationships and the trials and the sufferings, and and maybe even we experience some of the pleasures of this world we realize those things are fleeting. We realize they don't permanently satisfy us. And so we get to be 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever. And I think it's actually happening younger now. There's there's kids a lot younger who already are kind of thinking, what's the point? (laughs) Um, And everybody's kind of going, what is the point? Why are we here? And yet, guys, uh, there are good graces and things to do and things to enjoy all around us all the time. God is here and we can't see it. We struggle to see it. We struggle to enjoy it. We struggle to relax. There are three specific things that I found. I've read the book of Ecclesiastes many times, and as I read over it this week, I was really like, okay, Lord, show me the themes here. Show me what Solomon discovered about what's meaninglessness, but also what what is our best shot? How can humans best operate to, to have their best chance at enjoying this life that you've given us, God? Because you ha- have given us life and you have given us things to enjoy. So what did he discover that we can learn from? That's the question I'm going to answer. And again, he was very much in the same place that a lot of us are today. Um, the book starts out with him kind of saying, you know, I- I- I've looked around and I've seen and I've experienced that we can't take anything with us when we die. So why build wealth? Why accumulate stuff? Um, Pleasure, the pleasures of the flesh are very fleeting. They might feel good in the moment, but then you just feel kind of emptier afterwards. Um, He observed that good and bad things happen to everybody. So it doesn't really matter. He says the rain falls on the, on the just and the unjust. And again, these are all, if you're honest with yourself, these are all things that a lot of us have noticed. These are all things a lot of us feel sometimes. Life is not fair. This doesn't make sense. Why should I try anyway if I suffer? Why am I, you know, this, this travel experience or, or this thing I was waiting for to kind of complete me? be it marriage or motherhood or the promotion. It didn't actually fully satisfy my deepest longing. And it can be easy to slip into loss of hope. It can be easy to feel our enjoyment of life. It's almost like our ability to enjoy life gets taken away from us. How do we get that back? There are three ways. Let's dive in. The first thing that I noticed as a theme in the book of Ecclesiastes is that in many, uh, I think it's six or seven occasions, King Solomon does say to eat, drink, and be merry. Okay? He says in Ecclesiastes 2.24, for example, there's nothing better for a person than that they should eat and drink and find enjoyment in their toil. In Ecclesiastes 3 12, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. If we move on to chapter 5, verse 17. Or 18, I think. Yeah, 18. <laughs> Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment and toil. Okay. It happens again, uh, or backing up in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 22, and then also in chapter 8, verse 15. And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun than to eat and drink and be joyful and to go on with his toil through the days. Okay. So... Point one, the number one way, the first way that we can enjoy life, um, surprisingly, is not to eat, drink, and be merry. All of those verses, you guys, were connected to work, toil. Never, ever, ever does King Solomon say just eat, drink, and be merry. He says work hard enjoy your work, eat, drink, and be merry. What he's saying there is enjoy the fruits of your labor. What he's saying is I've observed in my own life and everybody around me, again, the wisest man who's ever lived is looking at human behavior, human nature. And what he's saying is I have discovered that when people work hard, they're able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Now, contradictory. I mean, what is that? What is what is he not saying there? What he's not saying there is if you get stuff handed to you or given to you or you don't earn it, it's against our human nature or not within our human nature to be able to enjoy it. So really practically speaking, my first question for you guys today is, are you working hard? Seriously, like, (laughs) not are you burning yourself out trying to earn, you know, somebody's approval or earned money because you think money's going to make you happy. Have you found work in your life that you enjoy doing, that you take pleasure in every day? I mean, this is a very real question. Okay. We're talking about your one life. We're talking about how you enjoy life. Do you enjoy your work? And this doesn't mean it doesn't, it's not saying here that this work has to be full-time ministry. That's not what it's saying. It's simply saying, Are you working hard and enjoying the fruits of your labor? This is a gift from God to mankind that we can do that. So I think a lot of the reason that people are struggling to enjoy life is not because they're doing too much, but because they're doing too little. Like, seriously, let's think about this for a second. Are you doing too much busy work? Are you just kind of all over the place and overcommitted? That doesn't mean that you're doing. Good hard work, that means you're just filling your schedule with random stuff. When I ask you this question right now, you instinctively know the answer. Are you doing hard work every day that is satisfying to you? Yes or no? Or are you sitting around too much? Are you wasting what God has given you? Are you wasting your time and talents? You will not be able to enjoy things like just eating and drinking and relaxing and having fun with your friends unless you are first pouring yourself out. This is the way God made us. Work is such a good thing that we'll even work in heaven. Did you guys know that? We'll have work to do in heaven. Um, Adam and Eve had work to do before the fall because work is not sinful. It's, It's what you were made to do. Okay? You have to ask yourself if if your output every day is enough. You are made to work. You can do hard things. And again, if you struggle to know, well, am I working too much or too little? Am I working on the right things or the wrong things? Because I'm really full of anxiety, but none of it has meaning. That's like a coach, you know, set up an appointment with me, talk to a mentor. Find a counselor, work those things out, but hear me and hear me well. If you want to enjoy life, Ecclesiastes tells me, tells me, tells you, tells us, God tells us that you have to be working hard and, and work that is meaningful to you, which goes right into the second thing that I've noticed. Okay. So point two, point one is you've got to work hard if you want to enjoy life. Point two is do good. With the gifts that God has given you, do good unto yourself, unto others, and unto God. So, over and over and over in Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says, you know, it's vanity to chase after wealth, it's vanity to chase after knowledge, it's vanity to chase after pleasures of the flesh. But he keeps coming back to eat, drink, and be merry, work hard, enjoy the fruits of your labor, and do good. And in multiple places, again, I mean, I'm not going to read all the verses here, but it's a, it's an overarching theme of the book. It is the best that a human can do, and and what God has given us as a gift is to each their own amount of resources and gifts. So some have this certain gift, some have this amount of money, some get this amount of time or energy, and all of that is up to God. Okay, all that's up to him. We don't really get to pick or choose any of it. But what are you doing with it? Are you using it for good? So let's get specific again. Let's get really practical here for your life, for my life. God has given you, I don't care who you are listening on the other side right now, I don't care how old you are, what your socioeconomic status is, whether you've been to college or grad school, I don't care if you own a business, I don't care if you're a mom or single. God has given you time. He has given you energy. He has given you some money. He has given you talents. He has given you some comfort to enjoy, kind of the pleasures of life. Okay. You all have those things. And the question here is, are you doing good with those things? So this fits a lot into point one, but it's a little separate than point one. Are you doing good unto yourself, unto others, and unto God with your time? Seriously. Or are you binging Netflix and scrolling your phone? Um, Have you taken the whole like self-care thing a little too far and you are only working a couple hours a day and you're spending the rest of that time in your sweatpants because COVID has made you too much of a homebody? (laughs) Because God has given you time. Are you doing good with that time? Are you doing good things with that time, which means morally good for the edification of other people, for the edification of yourself, for the building up of the kingdom. There's no right or wrong. It's just, what are you doing with what God has given you? With your energy, with your money, with your talents. Now, a again, I love to be really practical. So let's say you're, you're listening to this and you're already thinking, yeah, I'm not really enjoying life because I'm not doing any, I'm not working super hard on something I care about. I'm also not really using my gifts very well because I've either gotten selfish with my gifts or lazy with my gifts, or I've, I believe everybody else has gifts and I I don't actually believe I have any, which is a total lie. Again, don't care where you're at in life, how much money you have in your bank account, how old you are, God has given you gifts. I want to challenge you. You don't have to wait for some kind of calling or some kind of somebody to swoop in and tell you what to do or where to go. Volunteer somewhere. Like I'm serious. (laughs) How badly like someday you're going to get to heaven and you are going to answer for your time on this planet. Would you rather stand before God and say, well, I just waited, you know, I waited to find out what my spiritual gifting was, or would you rather say, I went after it. I tried to volunteer at my church. And when I got shut down or that door didn't open, I found something to do in the community. You friend, you were created to do good. You were created to do good. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 tells us that. Let me go ahead and turn there. Oh, I should have marked this. Oh, good. I got there pretty quick. So again, if you have your Bible, open it up. Um, And now let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith. It doesn't say only those. I mean, you could literally go volunteer anywhere. It says especially those. But... Even pop culture, society, people who aren't believers in the word of God know this to be true. I mean, counselors and psychologists use this all the time as a way to help people who are dealing with anxiety and depression. They're like, get your eyes off of yourself and go help other people. It literally releases good chemicals inside your body and makes you feel better. Literally. And you were created to do good. You were created to work hard. You were created to do good. You have been given time, energy, money, talents, gift, gifts of comfort. Are you using them to do good unto yourself? Which means take care of yourself. That's what that means, okay? It means enjoy the fruits of your labor, but also unto others and unto God. Are you or aren't you? Answer that question for yourself. And if you're not, again, who? what are you waiting for? Are you actually waiting for someone to... Like knock on your door? Um, Have you tried before and it just didn't pan out? Like maybe you got brave enough to email the director of women's ministry at your church and you're like, hey, I'd really like to maybe lead a Bible study or something. And she never emailed you back or something like that. Okay. I've done a million things like that in my life. And it was, you know, crickets. You keep going again. You were made for this. God wants you to be doing it's it's clearly told you, you don't need to wait for him to tell you He's already told you and if other people are busy or they don't respond, do not why would that deter you? It's your job to go after this stuff because God has told you to go after it. He said you in every opportunity let us do good. okay you probably had a whole bunch of opportunities last week. What did you do with them? Did you waste them on entertainment? Did you waste them on shopping? Not that there's anything wrong with entertainment or shopping, but you will enjoy entertainment and shopping after you've done hard, good work. Okay, we're on to point three, or the third secret that we find here in Ecclesiastes from King Solomon. The first two are things that we do. Uh, this third one is more of a mindset. It's more of a way to look at the world. And we find this in chapter three, very famous section of scripture where he says, everything has a season. There's a time for every matter under heaven. And then he goes on for eight verses and says things like, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, Okay. So we, we, a lot of us know this passage. What is the secret to be found here? Well, it's actually found in verse 11. So a couple verses later, he says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Now that, that alone is a great point, right? That alone is okay. People, if you want to enjoy life, understand that everything has seasons and eventually God makes everything beautiful in his time. But I think What we really need to hear as modern women is found in the second part of this verse where he says, but he has also put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. What in the world does that mean? Very complicated verse (laughs) because it's complicated. I looked it up and I read many commentaries about it. And what I found was awesome. So here's the deal. Um, What does it mean that God has put eternity in our hearts? I think it means that we have a longing, we have an expectation, hardwired in all of us, for an abiding continuance of good. So basically, the opposite of seasons. Okay, we're living in a world right now where everything is seasonal and that's how God works. But in our hearts, we long for heaven, a place where good is lasting and abiding and continues permanently with no end. Which, by the way, what does that sound like? That sounds a lot like, when will I arrive? Right. When will I arrive? (laughs) what do we have to do? What do we have to know? Um, What kind of money do we have to make? How do we have to change ourselves? How do we have to change the people in our lives? Who do I have to become in order to reach this stage of lasting happiness? That's what a lot of us believe is still possible on this planet. And what King Solomon is saying is not possible. Y'all, that's not possible on this planet. If you want to enjoy life, understand that things happen in seasons and that's how God works and that's okay. This is a really critical point. Okay. I know this for my own self, but I know it because I work with thousands of women and I think it's still hardwired in all of us that if we just do all the things and learn all the things and fix all the things that we will get to a point where we don't have any trials or any suffering or any difficulty. And what this does is it puts a crazy expectation on God and ourselves and the people in our lives. And it prevents us from enjoying life now because we honest to goodness think that enjoyment comes when fill in the blank. We honestly think that we can't like, like I literally had a coaching client once tell me, well, how am I supposed to enjoy life if it's not perfect yet? Or how am I supposed to like myself if I'm not perfect yet? (laughs) Um, Solomon just released us from that. Okay? He released us from that by saying, listen, I get it. God has put eternity in your heart. You long for perfection. You long for things to be good and perfect in, you know, perpetuity. But that isn't how it goes down here. And the best we can do as humans is to... Work hard and do good with what God has given us and relax and understand that everything happens in seasons and trust that God will make it all beautiful in his time. Ask yourself, dig deep for a second and ask yourself, what is your perspective on life? Do you believe that life happens in seasons or are you expecting there to come a moment when everything is perfect? Are you waiting for perfection to settle in and be happy? Um, Let me summarize here what this third point is. The third point is that if we want to enjoy life, we should not perplex or torment ourselves with trying to understand everything. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let us not perplex or torment ourselves with trying to understand everything. Now, I could have said point three is understand that life happens in seasons. Okay. Yes, it does. Or understand that it's not going to be, everything's not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. But I'm saying it this way. I'm saying the third point this way. Do not perplex or torment yourself with trying to understand everything because that's what women do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm saying it because that's what we do that steals our enjoyment of life. We honest to goodness think that um, we should be able to make sense of things like, why do things seem unfair or unequal? Which he says in this book, he says things like the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And this is perplexing to him Um, that, that we fear the future. We fear our our infinite and kind of insatiable desires again these are all themes i'm taking from his words um we try to find reasons for everything that happens and instead over and over and over in this book he's kind of saying but what i'm learning or what i'm discovering is i'm never going to have answers to all that i'm never i'm never going to have answers to why do bad things happen to good people i'm never going to have answers to well, why why does this all seem so unfair? I'm never going to have answers to. Why does some people get more than other people? And so he's having this realization that, okay, things just happen in seasons for everybody, but he makes everything beautiful in his time. So don't try to figure it all out. Okay. He even says there's some vanity in wisdom. Okay. He doesn't say there's vanity in living wisely, which makes, which means making good choices. But in a few places in this book, King Solomon tells us just the pursuit of wisdom or the pursuit of trying to know it all is exhausting. Okay. And fleeting. So there are some things that we can know, but if you want to enjoy life, we will reach a point where we say that is just beyond my ability or my understanding. And I have to allow God to be God. I have to allow God to clear up difficulties in his own time. I have to allow, I have to stand in awe of the fact that God has absolute power and knowledge and control, and that he's hidden some things from us now and we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. Now, even as I'm talking about this, um, I'm—I bet some of you are starting to feel a, almost a little bit of hopelessness, a little bit of like, okay, then why do I study? Why do I learn? Why do I grow? Why do I do things like coaching or counseling if we can't know it all? And I'm just literally supposed to kind of throw up my hands, and you know. There's a time for everything, a time to die, a time to be born, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to cry. Like, Rebecca, basically what you're saying is whatever's going to happen is going to happen and I'm not supposed to be aiming for better. Okay, I'm just going to work, work hard, work I enjoy. I'm just going to do good with the resources God has given me and I'm just not going to perplex and torment myself with trying to understand everything. Okay. (laughs) Like but, but no, that's not at all what I'm saying. Um, for, for, because this, this really goes back to the heart of point two, are you doing good with what God has given you? If there's something in your life, a thought process, a sin, something from your childhood, if there's something in your life that is preventing you from doing good to God, to yourself, to others, from kind of living the fullness of life that we can do something about okay we can be sanctified we can be strengthened we can grow in knowledge but what we cannot do is understand the future and we cannot understand why god does what god does that is where our mind has to stop and that is also why i do christian coaching only because i cannot imagine trying to help women Grow in their joy and grow in their meaning and grow in their purpose and grow in their peace. I cannot imagine trying to help women become everything that God has created you to become without also telling them, but there comes a moment where this isn't about you and you have to trust the Lord. Like these two things are not mutually exclusive, they fit together perfectly. So we still grow and we search growth. And we ask for sanctification, but we do it for joy. We do it for hope. We do it for good. We do it because God wants us to make the most of what he's given us. We do not do it for perfection or for salvation. Perfection is not attainable on this planet. Your life is not going to be perfect on this planet, but it can be meaningful. It can grow. You can enjoy the fruits of growth, but you can't save yourself. So like there's a line and, and, and the line is actually confusing sometimes, which is another reason it's a good idea to have, um, a godly mentor or a godly small group or reach out to a coach because a lot of times, again, what I deal with when I'm dealing with women is okay, Rebecca, what is God's responsibility and what is mine? What can I do about this thing in my own life? How do I need to be trusting God? What can I do about this thing in this relationship that's bothering me? And how do I need to be trusting God? It's not always super easy and super clear, but I just, I want you guys to know that point three here is don't perplex or torment yourself with trying to understand everything. I am not saying don't try to grow, don't try to improve, don't try to get better. I'm saying there comes a moment where certain things are beyond our understanding and the reach of our mind, and we have to Surrender. I mean, we, we have to literally get on our knees and set some boundaries, I would say with our own mind. Okay. Set some boundaries with our own worry. So like we pray about things, we do what we can do. And then there comes a moment where we say, but everything happens in season. Nothing is going to be perfect on this earth. And I trust that God is going to make all things beautiful in his time. And then we wait on the Lord, right? We wait on the Lord. We wait on that season. We move on mentally. We move on emotionally. And then we let God make, make that thing beautiful. We let God work that thing out. We do what we can do. And then we let God do what he has to do. Um, so why aren't people enjoying life? Why aren't people enjoying life? because they're not working hard enough on work that matters. They're not doing good with the resources that God has given them, specifically their time and their energy. And they're overthinking things. They have bought into the lie that if we can just understand it all, we don't have to fear it. Or if we can just understand it all, we can fix it all. Or if we can just understand it all, we can control it all. And again, the wisest man who's ever lived is telling us that is not the case. That is not the case. We can know some things. We cannot know all things. And if we want to enjoy life, ladies, like ask yourself these questions today. This is a very, very practical episode. And, and part of the reason that it's so encouraging to me and part of the reason I love it so much is because this is a very simple simple message. And these are very simple, practical truths. Like if you did nothing for the next month or year, and you just said, I'm going to find some meaningful work. I'm going to try to do better with my time and energy, with my life, with my money, with my gifts, with my talents, and make sure that I'm using them for good. I'm going to accept the fact that All things happen in seasons and I'm not going to wait until I arrive or there's some level of perfection to enjoy life. I'm just going to accept that all things happen, that God makes things beautiful in his time and I'm not going to perplex and torment myself with trying to understand everything. If you just did those things, if you just put those three things into practice, do you think you would enjoy life more? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> your brain would be at peace. You'd have way more meaning and satisfaction. And that's kind of the point here. This is kind of what King Solomon discovered is that, you know, pleasure and lasting happiness aren't really the goal. The goal here is more meaningful existence. Um, and we can enjoy, like deeply enjoy a meaningful existence and we can enjoy God and what God has given us when we accept that He is God and we are not God and when we're working hard and and doing good work, it's very simple. And King Solomon summarizes all of this by saying, let me turn there really quick. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. If you enjoyed that episode, I have two next steps for you. First of all, please write a review. Take a moment, click on the library tab, find this show, scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see other reviews that people have written and you can rate and review the show. This is critically important guys. I can't do this myself, but we need 50 to hundred reviews in order for this podcast to get more listeners in order for it to show up on the search in order for Apple and Spotify and all the other places to kind of promote it. So if you think other women need to hear this content, take 30 seconds right now and write a review or just share it on Instagram, on Facebook, text it to a friend, Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Second action item for you guys, join the podcast growth group, okay? I, it is on my heart to make practical discipleship as affordable as possible. I wanna reach as many women as possible. So it's only $10 a month. It is only $10 a month to get a companion study guide to each of these episodes. Very short, two or three reflection questions, one action item that you can, really fit into your everyday life, as well as scripture. So a tiny reading plan to go along with each episode, plus one Zoom session a month. Totally optional. If you could show up, show up. There'll be other women from around the country there who listen to the podcast and myself, and we just discuss it. We just ask questions. It's a mix of discipleship, community, coaching, Come when you can, all this for only $10 a month. I wanna build a whole army of women who are learning and growing together at a very sustainable pace. Thank you so much for listening today. Write that review, join the podcast growth group. The link to join the growth group is in the show notes or you can go to my website, Rebecca Ann Perkins, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-A-N-N-E, perkins.com.